Welcome to Where's My Blueprint Podcast, where we talk about all things adulting, our experiences, navigating adulthood, and what we learned along the way. We invite you to join our weekly conversations while we create our own blueprints on this amazing journey and hope some of the lessons we learned can help you. Here are my co-hosts, Nay and Sunny D. Hey everybody, it's your girl Sunny D here to brighten up your day. I'm a new business owner transitioning from corporate America. And frankly, I can't trust anybody that don't like tacos. Hey friends, I'm Nay. I'm so excited to share and grow with y'all. I'm a full-time wife, full-time mommy, and part-time employee. Nutella is my love language. This is your girl, Nakai, and I am your host on Where's My Blueprint Podcast. I am so excited to have you guys here, and I love brownies and seaweed. So let's get to the episode. Hey, welcome back to Where's My Blueprint Podcast. I hope you all had a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Labor Day and enjoyed the time off. Actually, I hope you actually got on some water too. We are excited about this couch conversation today, but first, inflation is up and we got bills to pay. Here's a word from our sponsor. Divine Timing is an encouragement and edification company specializing in beautifully designed digital journals and planners to get and keep your life uplifted and in order. Go to fearforme.com to check out the online store. And for all WMB listeners, you can use the code WMB22 at checkout to save 22% on everything on the website. So go shopping and get your life. As you know, we have a quote of the episode and today's quote is, I'm very picky with whom I give my energy and time to. I prefer to reserve my time, intensity, energy, love, spirit exclusively to those who reflect sincerity. By Dow, I don't know how to say the last name. Help me out, ladies. Four? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what do y'all thought? I like this quote. I need to do more of this quote. Um, I know other people will not like it if I do more of this quote, but yeah, I'm here for this being a motto and a mantra from here on out. I actually affirmed this before. I'm, I recently relocated here and I affirmed that because I specifically came to progress, to win, to live my best life. So I no longer have any time for anyone who does not fit that agenda in my life life period so I'm with it praise lord I mean I couldn't have said that better I absolutely love this well I was gonna say I really love this quote too because I'm as y'all know I'm extremely picky about who I get my energy to like if you are in my anywhere around me you know either I like you enough to hang out with you or if I don't I'm very direct and I'll tell you that too super spy Maybe. Maybe I work for the CIA. We don't know. Um, no, but before we get uh before we get into the episode, we all we always start our episode with an either or and today's either or is So ladies, today's either or is would you rather have a force field blocking you from feeling the emotions of others or be an empath? And for y'all listeners who don't know what an empath is, according to Oxford Languages, aka the dictionary that Google uses, an empath is a person with a paranormal ability to apprehend the mental or emotional state of another individual's. So I'll say the either or again. Would you rather have a force field blocking you from feeling the emotions of others or be an impact? This is a good question. And I will also confess, I do not like either or questions because it's always like, oh, it's so tough. But I would have to say be an empath. I actually kind of experience life as an empath and you definitely have to learn incredible boundaries. 
something I definitely have had to learn more recently. And the reason I say I'd rather be an empath than have a force field to keep me from feeling others' emotions is because though I have had my own trials with, you know, being an empath or having empathic characteristics, I guess you can say, I've also experienced that it is not healthy for relationships to not be able to, you know, connect emotionally. So that's something I've had to work on as well due to some trauma, but I'd rather have the emotional connection and just learn boundaries rather than being cold and maybe not even being able to open myself up to having that connection. So that would be my answer. I'd I'd rather be an empath with boundaries if I can add that on there. Well, you're on brand with these two of like, well, I got questions. For me, I think it's on brand for me to have my force field of blocking (laughs) emotions of like, hey, I have all the feels on my own and I'm okay with my feelings, but I do not want any other people's feelings on me because to me, that would just be, that's way too much, way too much. So I'm going to be probably the oddball out of us three and say, I want my force field of emotions or my field blocking them. So So I'm sitting right in the middle between Peaches and Nakai. I want a force field that I can turn on and off when I choose to. I am very emotional person. I'm a very sensitive person and I feel all of my own emotions simultaneously anyways. And I also feed off of other people. And there are times where like I need to do that, like Peaches says, for connection, for that intimacy, for relationships. And then there are times where I'm like, you know what, I'm at capacity. I got too much. I'm done. Turn the lights off. I'm clocking out. So I want a force field that I can turn on and off when, when necessary. So before I give mine, I will summarize. Miss Peaches wants a wants to be an empath with boundaries. Nakai is steady on brand and consistent and nothing else. And she wants to have the force field. Sunny D just decided to disregard the whole either or and decided to be a regular person. <laughs> and I would rather be like Miss Peaches, an empath with boundaries. And I would want to be an empath because I'm a mom of a toddler and I maybe one day want to have more kids. And if you can't understand their emotions, then it's going to be really difficult to parent because when you have babies and young children, they're not able to verbalize what they're feeling and verbalize their emotions. They literally don't have the words. So all you can go on is what they are behaving and expressing in that way. And if I can't tune into that, then I can't parent my child in the best way that they needed to be parented. Yeah, I feel a kind of way. Like, dang. Yes, that's how I feel. Like, that's kind of cold. But anyway. Your, um, your face. Your face was hysterical. I was just like, dang, y'all all, okay, well. So listeners, yo, 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 I know you heard that new voice. And we have a new friend on the pod today. She came to have a cool, calm, amazing couch conversation with us about adulting and relationship. And Miss Peaches is here with us. So before we continue, I'm gonna give her a chance to introduce herself. Go ahead, girl. Hey, everybody. Yes, I'm here. I'm Peaches. I am glad to be invited to the podcast. Where's my blueprint? I'm excited about being here. I'm an educator for middle schoolers. Yes, please pray for me. It's a task. But I'm enjoying my summer vacation. I enjoy all good conversations. It's part of my love language of quality time. So I always tell people, it doesn't matter what I'm doing as long as I'm in good company. We can have good laughs, good conversations. So I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for coming through. So yes. And so, 
ladies, we made it to the end of the week. So what's one exciting thing that happened to you or for you this week? Good question. One exciting thing that has happened, I guess I'll say because I'm on summer break, so it hasn't been a lot going on, but being a bit productive this week was exciting for me because even though I'm on summer break, I don't want to get too laxed to where I go back to work unmotivated or unprepared for the level of energy and preparedness that I need to teach and look after middle schoolers. So it felt good to finally hone in on, okay, these are the things I need to start preparing my mind for to make sure that I'm ready, especially since I'm starting a new job. So I would say that was exciting for me. Like actually, all right, let's dive into this and let's get going. So something exciting that happened to me this week is your girl finally got to go ahead to move forward and training for her new job. So I'm about to get all the going. But yeah, so I'm going to have a little bit of adult interaction, but I'm still working with kids. So still going to be fun time with me. So we became puppy parents this week and we have not one, but two. <laughs> Six weeks and eight weeks. They are currently at the vet, which is why my house is quiet. Hallelujah. But there's the cutest little things. We have a little American bully and then we have a little lab and they squabble and they fight and they're just so freaking cute. So this week has been really adventurous. I don't think I've cleaned this much in a very long time, but we are truly loving it. We're training them. They're responding really well. So we're doing all kinds of fun puppy parenting stuff. Awesome. 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 Yes, puppies poop all the time, everywhere, in any corner they can find. And I would say for me, one thing that's exciting that happened this week is just enjoying um, quality time with some new friends and talking and just being open to new relationships or friendships. So yeah, I know God's working on me. So, because you know, that's the only reason. <laughs> but that being said, all right, let's get into this couch conversation today. So as y'all know, we are all four beautiful, Black, amazing women, aka adults. I'm I'm going to say I'm adult-ish because I'm still learning. And so when we think about adult relationships, what are y'all first thoughts about that? They're hard and I don't know how to make friends as a 30 plus year old woman. <laughs> that part, I was going to say they can be complex in some instances and in trying to figure out how to maneuver, how to make new friends, especially like I moved from my hometown. So like that whole experience was different. And it's like, how do you do this? This was so much easier when we were kids where you could just go to the playground and be like, you like cake? I like Kate. We're best friends. And that was it. That's how you made friends back in the day. That's it. That's all. Okay. I'd like to say that's why we don't know how to make friends. Because if you think about it, because I was thinking about this in preparation for this episode, as we grow up and a lot of times in our youth, most of our friends were, our friendships were based on either location or an activity or a hobby that we had. So they're kind of relationships that were started by being forced upon us. And, you know, you later decided whether you wanted to cultivate it or discard. But as an adult, that hinders you because there's never, there wasn't a time where your relationship wasn't predicated on something else. But yeah, that's just my See, I love it. You already starting these dropping gems. <laughs> because I think that's such a good point of like, well, as an adult, do I go get friends that are only interested in things that I like? You know what I mean? Like, do I start joining meetups? Do I start like trying to get out there? Uh, Y'all know I love kayaking. So do I only hang out with people who like kayaking? You know, where like, where do, where do, where do these people come from? But also I was going to say um, <laughs> what Sunny D said is like, I even think about college. Like you met the people in your classrooms, right? Because that's how Sunny D and I met. 
met. Like you met the people, you meet people in your little field or your force field, right? But what does that look like as an adult? Like, are we, well, I'm a- I'll piggyback off of what all of you all said. It is so interesting because when I think about my adult friendships or friendships in general, when I was young, it was my cousins, my first cousins, because I was around them all the time or my classmates, the people I took the most classes with. That's who I became closest with. So it was convenience. But as adults, it's like you have to learn to choose. And you, I've also seen how friendships have gone in phases. So like I have my college friendships because after college, everybody dispersed and moved to their different cities, you know, and then I had grad school friendships and then I have friendships from work, Um, but they don't always like um, intermingle or intertwine with each other. So you end up having, or I've ended up having these different quality or tiers of friendships, you know, where it's like, oh, these are my go-to people. Like if I need to talk or vent or I'm frustrated, these are my people I can have like deep intellectual faith conversations with. These are my friends I could just go turn up with. So it's like a learning to maneuver between, okay. And also understanding how to have proper emotional connectivity to these different friends as well, because your turn up friends may not necessarily be the friends you can like get good counsel or encouragement from. So it's this kind of limbo or continuum rather figuring out, okay, what kind of friendship is it? Is this, how do I show up best? How do I be supportive? What do I need from it? So it's been very interesting to say the least. It actually kind of makes me wonder, like at what point in our transition from young adulthood to adulthood that we started to recognize that friendships or relationships aren't all the same and they, you have certain groups of people for this and certain groups of people for that. Like, cause I don't, I don't instinctively remember a time thinking, oh, okay, I need to categorize like this friend in this group or that friend in that group. But it like, it just happens in, you know what I mean? Like just kind of throughout life, it just kind of fits that way. There are friends that I haven't spoken to in years probably, but if they text me or I happen to be in town and we want to go eat or something, it's like me and to be, even though we haven't literally spoken text, phone call, Facebook nothing in forever we still kind of pick up where we left off and then there are some people that I talk to on a very regular basis so I know everything that's going on like I don't I don't remember and you guys let me know I don't remember if there's been a point in y'all's life where you recognize that that's kind of what was happening or that's what you needed to do in order to effectively have these relationships with people does that make sense makes tons of sense and I'm gonna throw another layer on top of that for all of my families who relocate on a regular basis or my families who, you know, have previously relocated. What do you do when lifestyles and life family composition changes um, when you relocate and it isn't that time where you can go to them at the drop of a hat? Like, how do you maintain and sustain a relationship or is it just inevitable that some relationships will fall by the wayside like I don't wish you no ill will you don't wish me no ill will but our lifestyles are not intertwined to the point where you're turning up every weekend and single carefree and I I love that for you I'm happy for you but I'm over here 
got a whole husband and a child and relocating constantly, our conversations are not the same. I can't be for you what you're used to or what you once needed. You can't be for me what I once needed, but I still love you as a person. And I would still like to maintain that relationship, but I don't know how. Like, what do you do in those situations? Because that's my line. I think that's so fascinating what both of y'all said. Um, For Sunny D, I'm going to circle back to you really quickly. It's interesting because I learned really, really, really early. And it could just be my personality and it could just be everything. Like I learned really quickly how to categorize people. Like I'm like, "Mm, I don't trust you. I'm going to put you over here in just a friend group. We just really hang out. Oh, okay. I'm cool with your family. Maybe we can have a deeper conversation. But also for me and my personality, I observe you. I will sit back, observe you and see how you move because your action is going to tell me a lot more than your words will. So I think for me, when I I learned that skill, I'm going to call it a skill, really, really young in life. And so moving through that to um, answer Nay's question of like, well, how do you maintain it? Honestly, I feel like you give energy and time to people you care about or, and I don't want to say like, you don't really care about all these people. You know what I mean? Because then I ain't giving energy to nobody because I ain't got energy to me. No, I don't think we talk. That's because you my sounding board and you make it so I don't snap on everybody that I have to give energy and time to. I'm saying I, I don't want to be, but I kind of got that new, new friends kind of mantra. Like if you ain't enmeshed in my day to day, it's hard for me to bring you in. I'm sorry. I love you long time, but yeah, but I, I got a whole toddler who needs me 27, nine. Yeah. But what I was going to finish saying is that when you, when you, it's not that like, Hey, I want to talk to you every single day. Like that's not the thing, but it's like you put out the energy and you put out the time into nourishing those things. So it's basically you make a choice, right? So it could be like, I'll use a friend. I don't talk to this friend like every single day, but when we talk, it's like, there's no time missed at all. Like we just pick up and we just have an hour, two hour conversation. We catch up and then it's like, okay, this, this friend has like five kids. I can't talk to you every single day. You have literally five children under the age of eight. You you're busy that part. You are extremely busy <laughs> and you have a husband and you start a new job and you have like you you just have a lot going on so it's also understanding like what I think Peter says earlier of like the season right because we're all going through seasons but the, I guess for me it's like do I value you enough and do I value this friendship enough to really be like I know you're busy I know this but a quick text hey just checking in on you how are you you know I'd like to go to what you said earlier Sunny D the question of how do you or when do you come to the place of understanding to categorize, I actually had to be told in college, (laughs) literally by my mentor, because I was telling her, like, I don't feel like I've ever, like, found, like, a good, strong best friend, you know, all of these things. And she was like, you know, everybody doesn't have to be your best friend, or that doesn't have to be the sole goal of friendships to look for, oh, this needs to be my best friend. Just look for the quality of that particular friendship and that person and let it be that. And that actually helped me a whole lot when it came to understanding friendships better. Because again, I grew up with the whole um, convenience friendships, you know, oh, we are part of the same club in high school. So we became close there. Or, you know, my first cousin, we were super close because we're six weeks apart. And for some reason, our mothers decided to treat us like twins. I still don't understand. I have the pictures to prove it, (laughs) but we did everything together and went everywhere together. And I was, I became hurt, you know, as I got older and realized 
like, oh my gosh, these aren't like really good quality friends. Why? What's going on? And it was like, well, you didn't necessarily choose these friends, you know? So I actually had to be told. Um, And to what Nay was saying earlier as well, I have definitely seen the impact of changing life seasons and changing life circumstances and seeing, hmm, this friendship is taking a lot more work to try and actually be a good friendship? Should I let it go? Should I keep it going? Should I just take a, you know, a backseat on it? And I'll be honest, even more recently, I've been thinking, hmm, what do I want my friendships to be? Because I've had this pattern before of painting myself as, oh, come to me. I'm going to help you with everything that is no longer serving me. So now I'm in a place of, hmm, what is a good quality friendship to me? What does that look like for me? And how do I want to show up in friendships? And is it fair? Do I need to work on some things? So I've actually been contemplating what is friendship? Now that's a question, right? And I think a lot of people can define that differently. And like, I remember when I was younger, we had our neighborhood was like 10 streets. It was like a rectangle and it was just like one on each side and then streets in the middle. And almost all of us were about the same age. So we ended up going to the same elementary school. We went to the same middle school. We went to the same high school. And so, and also a lot of us were on the same like drill team, like dance team in the, in the, the city. So we all grew up together. We all knew each other. We were all friends and stuff, but there were three of us. We were like the three musketeers that we were like, you know, peaches and cream. We was, you know, three peas in a pod, so to speak. And we'd gone through all these transitions of school and stuff and then dating and all the things and all that kind of stuff. And then once we graduated high school, we kind of separated in a sense, but we were still, we still live in the same neighborhood. So we were still pretty close, but two of us became really, really close in some things that we had gone through, um, you know, losing loss of pregnancy, loss of parents. And we kind of really depended on each other a lot for that kind of support. And one kind of drifted off. She got married and there was some other stuff that was happening. And we started trying to figure out, okay, so what does our dynamic look like now as we're moving through these different phases of life and through these different um, experiences and stages? And it got to the point where, you know, myself and my best friend were always the one to, to reach out. And we're very much like, you know, phones work both ways type of people. And we never got a lot from her anymore. And it got to the point where she pretty much cut ties altogether. Her, myself and this other friend, we're still friends like on social media and stuff, but we don't really talk. I like to know that she's doing well. I like to see the that the boys are growing up and they're smart and they're going to school and they're doing all the things. But we've I've realized that that, that part of our relationship is okay to be no more. You know what I mean? And that happens sometimes where you've, I mean, we kind of, we our friendships kind of started off the same way. Like we happen to live, you know, two streets away from each other. We happen to go to all of the schools together and we were just there, you know, all in, uh, all in the same group, all at the same time. But as we kind of grew up and we experienced these different things, we started to realize that there are just certain phases of relationship and certain times where it's okay to let some friendships go. Some friendships are maybe are only for a season or only for a certain amount of time versus having someone like my best friend. We've been BFFs for 30 years, pretty much. Not all friendships are like that. And that's okay. I have a question because I feel like we're talking 
talking about friendships. And I know we talked about briefly on another episode um, when we did have our extremely big panel group episode about friendships and everything else. But I'm curious, ladies, what does a quality friendship look like to y'all in the year of our Lord 2022 as I'm wanting to assume a 30-something year old Black woman? Like, what does a quality friendship look like to you? What characteristics and qualities are you looking for in any friends that you bring in or looking for in your current friends to decide whether they make it to see 2023? I think that's such a great question. And I love that because for me, I can say I'm on this and I probably have been my whole life. Now I'm just really putting a word to it is being intentional and like having the intentions behind it, but also not giving more than what's giving to me. And again, we, as we talked on the episode of like, sometimes you your friend is going through a season, so they can't give you the energy. So you're pouring into them. But we also talked about when you're going through a season and that same friend is important to you because that friend is like, oh, well, I'm going through my own stuff. I, okay, well, it's supposed to be this balancing act, right? And so for me, I have to look at that like because of how my brain works in, in honestly in categories because some friends are great at talking business and we're business-minded and we can pour into each other, not just in business, but pouring into each other's mindset, grow each other, push each other, challenge each other. And then I do have some friends that we, they're not business-minded, but we have those deeper life conversations and we can talk about life stuff and help each other out. So for me, it's like, what are you bringing to the table? And I know that sounds like we're in a romantic relationship, but we're not. But at the end of the day, it's a relationship, no matter how you classify it. So it's like, well, what are you bringing to the table? And if you're, what you're bringing to the table, am I willing to accept? That's good. That's real good. Because sometimes I find myself being the one who is poured out of and not necessarily the one that is poured into. And I don't know if it's because on the outside, things are pretty good in the Nay J household. And I can say his name because he was already on the episode. Yeah, I know my husband. But things are pretty good in our household. Like no drama, no, none of that. So I guess I don't know if my friends think that everything's good and I don't need that. Or if it is a me issue and I see all the hell and chaos and drama that they're going through. And I'm like, ooh, I don't need to bother you with my little problems. You over here, like that little dog sitting at the table with the fire all around it. Like my little spark ain't gonna do nothing. So I don't know if it's a me issue, but yeah, I, I don't friendships are hard. I say all that to say. I can actually relate a whole lot, Nay. That's been a more recent contemplation that I've had. Like, okay, what kind of friendships do I want? Because I have been used to being the one who's always pouring out and encouraging and affirming and being the listening ear and being the empath and feeling those feelings with you. And I just really realized that is not serving me. And then I was the type like, oof, I'm gonna be honest. They are having a tough time dealing with their own stuff. The little stuff I am dealing with, I don't know if they would be good for handling this because, you know, the way that they're handling their situations, I don't even know if I want to get into the things that I'm feeling, you know, but that really is setting it up to be a disservice for me and my friendships. And I've come to a place where I realized also that in those situations, me affirming, me encouraging, me being a listening ear, a lot of times was just for them to 
just dump, but they were going to go right back into those situations and perpetuate those issues and troubles. So I realized, you know what, in order for people to change or want their situation to change, they have to want to make some different decisions. So I have come to a place of taking a step back. So I actually don't want any friendships right now where I have to, you know, help talk through these crises over and over and over again because it's just kind of like, okay, at some point you're okay in this type of situation. And I finally began to deal with my own stuff and I'm progressing. I'm moving forward. I'm letting stuff go. Like I said, I am determined to live my best life. So that means I don't want anything in my life holding me back. So I'm in a space, a more selfish space now where it's like, well, if you're not really on a growth track and really trying to break some patterns in your life to see some great results in your life, I don't really know if I want to get that close, you know, because having a pessimistic attitude and, you know, being okay or soaking in situations, that's not okay with me anymore. And I don't want to be associated with that type of attitude. So I'm currently looking for friendships and relationships that are, um, that will produce growth, that will hold me accountable because I'm also doing some emotional work, being more emotional avail- emotionally available, you know, really growing beyond my old patterns um, that I got from trauma responses. I want to grow, you know, and that takes having people that I'm safe with, that I can be honest with, who can be honest with me, you know, who are trustworthy, who are growth minded, who are mature, who can give wise counsel, take wise counsel, you know, so I can definitely say the quality that I'm looking for is a lot different since I'm in a space of, okay, I want peace. Kind of like what you were saying, Nate, I need peace in my life. You know, I'm not with the drama anymore. I want peace. I want to be, I want growth. I want to see fruit in my life. I want to, you know, get more knowledgeable in business. So it's like, okay, I'm realizing, you know, they always say birds of a feather flock together. And I really started looking at, you know, I'm single and they have been single for a while. And I'm like, I don't need any, I don't want too many single friends. You know, I need to be around some people who are in relationships, who can share some stuff with me because I need that. And, you know, so I'm looking at, hmm, are my friends leveling up? Because I'm trying to level up, make more money and never go below where I'm making anymore. So I'm like, hmm, I need some friends that's leveling up. You know, do I have some friends that's business minded? Because I need that type of help. I don't need people who are just stuck on jobs that they hate. Hmm, I'm trying to level up out of that. So I'm definitely taking a good look at where is it that I want to be and do I see that when I look around? If not, I need to start checking my connections and my atmosphere. So that's kind of where I am now. I think you said so much, but all of that was amazing. And so I'm like, I had had a question, but then it morphed into what I'm about to ask. You, when you spoke, you were basically saying intention, like you are truly not being only intentional about who you're spending your time with. You're being intentional about where you're going in life. And that word accountability is a word that I feel we throw out, but we don't really stick to, if that makes sense. Like we ask people, hold me accountable, hold me accountable, hold me accountable. But if you don't truly have people 
<laughs> Nay, stop. If you don't truly have people that will literally hold you accountable, then that shows more of them, but also more of you, right? Because I personally feel every single person in your life is a mirror of you in some type of way. So if, if I'm asking my friends to hold me accountable and none of them are holding me accountable, maybe that's the lesson I need to learn is accountability, right? Because if you are the sum of the five closest people in your circle and all of y'all can't hold each other accountable and all of y'all aren't growing, all of y'all aren't doing anything, maybe it's the circle, but also maybe it's you, you know? And I feel like sometimes in relationship, we are quick to look at others versus looking at ourselves. Like, what is it? Because you said you've been doing the work and I'm like, yes, girl, it sounds like you've been in therapy too. And I'm loving it because I love my therapist too. As y'all already know, y'all already met her. She's awesome. Um, But it's like, when do we look at it in ourselves and turn that mirror back on ourselves to understand, am I even a good friend? Am I a good friend to you? And if so, well, what does that look like to you? How can I be, I know Nate opened it up today. I don't think you were in there, but she was like, well, how can we support you? Right? Because support looks different for anybody. In the midst of growing up, in the midst of, of evolving as an adult human being and trying to figure out what is worth keeping in your life, keeping in your circle, all of these questions that we ask out loud or subconsciously or unconsciously. I definitely don't think that there is a lot of a lot of the time where those thoughts are introspective. And I know that that hasn't always been something that I've been very good at. And I'm still, I'm gonna be real. But yeah, like those times where it's like, dang it, Sunny D, what are you doing? Like, how do you view such and such? Or how do you want to improve or be better with this, that, and the third? And that's not the easiest thing to do is to find fault in yourself, so to speak, and to be real with that fault and not just like sugarcoat it. And you know what I mean? Like actually truly looking inward and trying to evaluate what are your areas of growth and in what ways can you benefit from growing in this way or growing in that way. And that's one of the things that I struggle with a lot because I do spend a lot of time um, being the friend to kind of pour into other people. I think I've done that a good portion of my life. So when it comes to people asking me, well, what do you need? I don't know. <laughs> I haven't thought about it. You know what I mean? I've spent a lot of time wanting to be that support system for coworkers and being that support system for friends or for other family members and things like that. So when someone even inquires about what it is that I need, I almost never have an answer because I don't take the time to sit and think about that. And that's one of the things that I've been more intentional about making time for. And it's still a work in progress, mind you, because this is like 30 plus years of a habit that I've had that I'm now trying to correct. So it's going to take time. It's not going to be an overnight like correction or thing or, or evolution of any sort. So yeah, that's just, that's just one of those things where it's like, and that accountability with it also like, like that's a, that's a major thing in recognizing when you have people in your life that want you to be accountable because they're not necessarily trying to micromanage you or um, kind of talk down on you or whatever, but because they genuinely want the absolute best you, they want you to be your absolute best self. And sometimes you have to get out of your head in order to recognize it, to then start to correct the work. Lord, not that I'm one of those people who are like all about the horoscopes and everything, but maybe that's the Virgo in me. Cause y'all know I am the introspection queen. Like I can run down at the top of my head, all of my faults quicker than anybody else that is close to me. Like, oh, you think you know me? Well, let me tell you about the areas that you don't know that you done forgot about or that I done hidden. I can run them down. So maybe that's my problem. Like I, I'm too introspective and I hold myself to an accountability level that everybody is like, girl, 
girl, you will never rise up to this. So maybe I need to not hold myself as accountable because y'all know I love my talks with me and King Jesus because he'd be laying into you, girl. So yeah, maybe that's my fault. No, 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 don't say that. And I say that because when you hold ex- high expectations of yourself or high, I don't want to say expectations, but standard, right? When you hold high standards for yourself, people are going to do two things. They're either going to rise to those standards or they can't. And if they can't, that's it. Thank you. I don't, it's a decision. Do I really need you in my life? Right. Or if you rise to it, then okay, maybe we can be better friends. But also what I was originally trying to say is like, you hold yourself to your own standards and your own expectations, never lower them. And you already know, I can go on a tangent about this. Don't, don't let, don't lower, don't settle. You be you and stop saying it's a problem. It's not a problem. But that's my thing. Like I hold myself up to a high standard, but for other people, I look at them like, okay, what you show me is your baseline. And unless you rise above that, that's the level that I'm going to hold interactions with you. So ain't no really rising in standards for other people because I don't set my standards for others as high as I set them for myself. I'm like, oh, you down here? That's where you done showed me. I'm only going to expect you to be down here because I'm not about to get myself disappointed when you done showed me that you at this level for all of the years that I've known you and then expect you to do something else. That is insanity and stupidity on my fault. And I pride myself on not thinking I am an insane or a stupid person. Well, we both agree. And no, you're not. You are extremely intelligent. But question for you, because that sparked something else. Uh, what standards do you even have in your friendship? And not just friendships in your families and your romantic relationships and your work relationships like do you do we hold standards in there or is it more of like eh, I'm gonna take you as is but I'm gonna keep you at a distance until you prove me wrong you know what I mean like do you does the question make sense it doesn't seem like it makes sense in my head yes yes <laughs> it does and I think I don't really I guess the standard that I hold other people to is don't f me over visibly <laughs> Like my relationships previously, because been married for almost a decade. So what is before him? Um, but anyway, my biggest thing was don't have me over here looking stupid in the street. Like if you not to say that I wanted to be cheated on or anything else, but if you're gonna do your dirt, do it where it doesn't come back to me because now you have me looking dumb in these streets. Like whatever we need to handle one-on-one, that's between us. But don't be making it visible for the world to see us handling our issues or any trouble in paradise. I don't, maybe that is a, a whole perception in a high standard, but that's just where I come from with people. Like, just don't have me looking stupid. Like, whatever you want to do with yours, and I know, Nakai, we are not about to sit on the couch with that. Um, But yeah, like, just, just let us handle things internally with all of my relationships. And if there is trouble, discord, let's work on that in home and let's not do that for the world sick us, sunny d so again you're asking what standards do we have for our friendship i just want to make sure that's what you're asking um nakai okay that's a good question because again i've come through this more recent phase where i did start therapy and it has helped a lot that's where i learned boundaries that's where i learned Ooh, I was emotionally or have had the issue of being emotionally unavailable 
and, you know, um, emotionally dishonest. And so now that I'm coming to a place kind of adding to the previous question of, you know, holding yourself accountable and being a good person who's open to accountability, I had to really kind of like we said earlier, have that introspection. And what helped me to do that was I was in a place in my life where I wasn't happy with the results I was seeing. So I had to look at patterns. You know, that's what caused me to be introspective, looking at patterns. Hmm, I see the same pattern in friendships or in relationships. You know, it can be going good. And as soon as I feel like it's going bad, I shut down or I take a, take a beat back, you know, to be like, you know what, I need to step away rather than communicating through some conflicts or misunderstandings and getting clarity and being honest that, oh, that hurt me. Um, so now that I have come through that journey and my life has shifted in ways, the standards I look for now are, I look for places where or people where I can feel trustworthy, meaning, okay, my work right now is I have to be honest. So when somebody asks me, how's my day really going? I can't say it's going good, you know, because I'm used to being the strong friend. I have to say, you know, it was actually frustrating and draining. And, you know, if I can talk about that with you, I would love to do that. And even I was listening last night to a podcast of a lady talking about being emotional available, emotionally available. And she gave some simple steps. I love action items because like I said, I want to see results. So that means I got to do something. So one of them was being honest when people ask you how you're really feeling. Um, And the other one was initiating um, conversations where you talk about how you feel. So not waiting for somebody to be like, hey, what's going on? Be able to say, you know, I want to talk to you about this interaction we had. I kind of feel some type of way, you know, that type of thing. So I would definitely say one of my new standards is having a safe space to be able to express my emotions because the reason why I have that or had that emotional unavailability is because growing up I did have people who couldn't really hear me you know it would I would try and express and they um they diminish it or you know try and make me feel like no it's gaslighting I believe is what they call it so I don't want somebody who's going to gaslight me I want somebody who can also look at within themselves and say I see what you're saying I appreciate you sharing that. Let's talk. Let's talk through that. So I need people actually who can help me get out of my comfort zone when it comes to being more emotionally transparent. Um, again, I'm looking for people who are growth minded. I don't want to be stuck in any place anymore in my life. So I want to see somebody who's moving. Like I, I feel life from them. I feel hope from them. Not that I need their hope, but I want to see, okay, this is a hopeful person. We can keep each other hopeful on these journeys together, you know? So I can definitely say I'm, and I'm still making a list of those standards and qualities. So I'm actually glad you posed that question, Nakai, because like I said, I'm in a place where I'm like, hmm, what is friendship to me now? What do I want that to be? So I'm I'm seeing now that I really need to write that down. I really need to dive into that. What do I want my friendships to look like now? Because the friendships that I have, I have had those conversations of, hey, listen, my boundaries are changing. I'm sorry for, you know, the space and time where I 
wasn't measuring up as a friend or I wasn't communicating properly, but I need to let you know, this is, this isn't working for me anymore. This is what I'm probably going to need all those things. And thankfully some of them are going good. Some of them of course have dissipated as a result, but I'm grateful to be in a space where I'm more conscious of, okay, how can I have better quality friendships, relationships, and how can I work on my part? I actually just recently had a conversation with a friend. We had this pattern of we'll have this issue and then we both not speak for a while. And she called me. We hadn't spoken in about two or three years. We had a conversation and she brought some things up. I don't even remember, but I said, you know what? Let me apologize. I I don't remember it, but I won't put it past myself because I I know where I was at the time. So it's like, you know, seeing that growth of, you know, let me look at myself, you know, let me hold myself accountable. I could have done that to you and that's not right. You know, so like even being in that space of, okay, how can I be quality as well? So I can definitely say it's something that I have to really delve into and be open to writing down and discovering what is my new standard? What are my new standards for a quality friendship or relationship in general? I think you said something that, or you hit on a topic that we are gearing towards, but we keep going around and that's communication. Because no matter what type of relationship you are in, you have to communicate. Rather that's, like you said, you communicate like, hey, this this what this situation wasn't the best right now. And sometimes communication isn't the easiest thing to do, especially because when, it's, when you have any type of relationship, friends, family, whatever, and you know what's going on, you're trying to teeter-totter of like, oh, I don't want to say this. I know what's going on. I don't want to hurt your feelings. But at the same time, it's like me not saying something is now impacting me. And Nay said it earlier and you agreed with her. Like it's, it, at this point, it's, I need peace. If peace is me saying how I feel so I can sleep at night better, me saying how I feel so I don't have to worry about this and it's not going around and around and around and around in my head, you're going to get what I got to say at the end of the day. I'll try to be tactful about it. But <laughs> at the end of the day, sometimes the best form of communication is that raw communication. Yeah. And I guess in hearing Peaches, your comments and Nakai, your comments, I think one of the things that's foundational that I need in friendships and relationships in general is safety. And it is that safe place to be vulnerable, to have those difficult conversations, that safe space that will tell another person, hey, even if I am coming to you with something that can be hurtful, I know, well, I know that you mean well for me and you know that I mean well for you. And at the end of the day, our goal in this relationship is for it to grow and it can't grow if we have like a plant, little gnats and stuff eating at the leaves. That's not conducive to growth. So even if we do have like, even if we do have those difficulties and those little gnats and stuff, we still need to address them and get them out the paint because we still need this flower and this plant to grow. So I think that's what I need in my relationships. I need that safety as foundation because I need to know it's okay to show up as my bare minimum and not like bare minimum as that's all the input I'm getting into it, but bare minimum as stripping away all of the bravado, stripping away the ego, stripping away everything. This is me at my core and I need to be able to lay it down without feeling like it will be trampled or mistreated or used against me in any way. I was going to say almost that exact same thing because that's been something that's that I've become aware of in the last decade-ish is it's been, it's it's always a challenging thing for me to, to verbalize and vocalize exactly what I'm feeling and to be able to communicate that in a 
a way that I think is articulate. And, and, and what I mean by that is being able to, to say what I intend for it to be received. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think I heard this quote somewhere once upon a time, but it's always stuck with me is it's not my responsibility to make sure that they understand. It's my responsibility to make sure that I'm understood. And so that's one of the things that I, that's always challenging for me is to be able to communicate that well enough. And it's incredibly important and imperative for any sort of relationship that I am in, be that romantic, be that friendships, be that family, be that coworkers, is that there is that level of safety where I feel like all those walls that I'd spent so long building up, I can let down to be able to communicate those things because Lord knows I don't like upsetting people. I know I definitely have a, a history of being a pee pleaser and not, you know, shaking the table, so to speak, or ruffling any feathers, any sort of conflict, confrontation that gives me the worst amount of anxiety in the, the pit of my soul. And I cannot take it. I hate it so much, but I know that it's necessary in a lot of instances and in certain situations and in certain relationships and stuff. So that's always been something that's been challenging for me. So being able to, this is a safe space. <laughs> To be able to communicate those things makes it suck less. It's not easy. It just, it makes it suck less, but it's necessary for me. I like what you said because I had a thought of vulnerability, trust, and non-judgment. Like when we put those three together and of course communication, <laughs> but when we put all those together, you have a beautiful, to go back to Nay's example, you have this beautiful flower that's going to blossom into a whole entire field of flower because you feel safe enough to be vulnerable, enough to communicate and you trust that person's not going to judge you, but they're going to hear you or at least try to make sure you're understood, right? And they, and that they understand you. And so with that, ladies, my question for each one of y'all in about 20 seconds, what is one thing you would leave to your younger self about friendship or relationship? Like what is that one piece of advice you would add, you would tell your younger self about relationship? I say insert do, 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 thinking you. <laughs> They're thinking, thinking, thinking. Let me know you're ready. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oh man, I think for me, one thing I would, the thing I would tell my younger self is your voice matters, they'll be fine. I like that. I think first off, let me say yes, ma'am, <laughs> a whole word. Um, what I would say to my younger self is to trust your gut. You know, if you see something or feel something, don't disregard it because that's got me in a lot of sticky situations down the road in friendships. So I would definitely say don't definitely trust your gut and don't disregard what you're feeling or, you know, being intuitive about? I think I would tell myself what I actually was told growing up. And that is that friendships are here for a season. And so with that, there is no set timeline on when your friendship is going to expire. But also that if you have one friend that's a really good friend, as opposed to 50 million friends, you are blessed. Like, don't feel like you need a quantity of friends look for quality and that's what I was told growing up now that was a gem like legit um I would say to my younger self uh if you can't be authentically you in any relationship that you're in you don't need to be in there because at this point understanding living in your truth and living in your authenticity is 
so much more peaceful than it is trying to put on this mask and pretend you're somebody you're not. And so thank you, ladies. And I want to say before we move into our next segment that it's so awesome that we are trusting our guts moving forward. We're using our voices. We're being authentically ourselves and we're understanding what friendship is. And if it's a season, we, we will bless that season. Thank you for being in our life. It's time for you to move on just like the seasons come and go. And with that, we're learning our self-love, self-worth, and we're understanding our self-belief moving forward in our friendships and a word from our sponsor. Hey, beautifuls. This message is brought to you by The Grass is Greener on the Other Side, where we help women who have anger, sadness, and shame from being cheated on learn how to heal and take their power back so they can regain confidence, restore their peace, and attract the life of their dreams. We can be found on IG at Brianna underscore Latrice. That's spelled B-R-I-A-I-N-A underscore L-A-T-R-I-C-E. And for all of the Where's My Blueprint podcast listeners, we're offering free 15-minute discovery calls. So if you're ready to regain and restore that self-love, self-worth, and self-belief back in yourself, shoot me a DM for a free discovery call today. Because my motto is, honey, leave that cheater and find your peace. If you're interested in joining my new course, Rejection is Redirection, using your past as a reference, not a residence, you can email me at affairrecoverycoach at gmail.com or you can shoot me a dm at brianna underscore latrice see you on the call so with that we're gonna go to our next segment which is moments of melanation moments of melanation moments of melanation is where we highlight a black person doing their thing today for moments of melanation we are highlighting Today, we are highlighting in lieu of a conversation about friendships, beautiful, beautiful friendships. We're highlighting the 90s sitcom, Living Single. Yes. So for all of y'all who are not in the know, Living Single featured Queen Latifah as the one and only Khadija James, Kim Cole as her lovable, goofy sidekick, Sinclair James Jones, Erica Alexander as Maxine Shaw, aka Maxine Shaw, attorney at law, for those of y'all who know, you know, and T.C. Carson as Kyle Barker, and John Hinton as Overfield Wakefield Jones, or as we lovingly called him, Obi. And it aired from August 1993 to June 1998 doing five seasons and it was based in Brooklyn about the antics of six 20 or 30 something I can't really remember but around that age upwardly mobile black men and women the creator of the show Yvette Lee Browser's initial goal was to develop a show about herself and her friends that would change the portrayal of young black people on television her overall goal was to portray black characters positively and less stereotypically and for all of us black people we know this was a concept that was later stolen by friends period regardless of what anyone says while living single was commercially successful in black Black audience overwide, it didn't reach a lot of commercial success, but it did have, um, it was nominated and won NAACP Image Awards, as well as it was nominated for an Emmy. It often, during its airing time, had guest appearances by the Who's Who in Black Entertainment, actors, the 
comedian, sports star, and it is still relevant and watchable only 30, almost 30 years later. Because as 2020s kind of women, we're still glad we got our girls. So ladies, what were y'all thoughts about living single? Oh, I was going to say, as soon as you said living single, I'm over here like, keep your head up, girl, keep your head up. That's right. Oh. You got to fight. My homegirl standing to my left and my right with something like glue. So yeah. <laughs> but what I think about that is that that show is such a staple in our community, in our culture. Like to see these women growing up, doing their thing, having Khadijah running a whole entire magazine company and, you know, like doing her thing, dating to, and then Regine, the bougie one, who... <laughs> switch her wigs every single day you know but it's so interesting and I love this but I also love it because no matter what they all had their back each other's back like no matter what they could get mad at each other I remember one episode Khadijah and Regine got into it and Regine was like I'm leaving and then you know she came back but you know it was all because they had to what communicate in a vulnerable state so I'm here for this show and I still watch this show so yeah I love living single it is one of my top three sitcoms that I love to watch. I will rewatch every episode of every season today. I'm so glad it's being highlighted. Um, I love to see even the characters, you know, the real people rather, how they've grown in their career. And so even to this day, when I see Erica Alexander doing a project or Keisha Cole or, you know, Khadija, um, not Khadija, excuse me, um, Queen Latifah, like I still follow a lot of their careers that show was excellent and like you highlighted I love that they were young black professionals in different you know um fields so we had the creatives we had Sinclair who was an actress you know and did stage plays and we had Overton who was a handyman we had um Kyle who was a stockbroker we had um Max who was a lawyer I'm like so here for it because I'm very ambitious in nature as well so to see these young black people you know doing well in their dating life or even not doing well at certain periods upward mobile in their career or even like seeing the battles and struggles that they had in their career like Cal had an issue with his hair one time and it was another black man trying to tell him "Ooh, what are you doing with your hair he was like my hair is fine and um I'm the top salesman out here like I'm killing the game so I love this show I'm passing it if I do have kids or any kids that I'm around I'm passing it down passing the culture down because I feel like that's something that's important for us to pass the culture listen y'all check out living single that's what i'm gonna tell my kids so i'm so here for living single yes and charge it to my head and definitely not my heart kim fields was a part of living single as reishi hunter and also i don't know if y'all know but in doing research for this one i found out that in half and half there was a crossover episode where Kyle and Maxine are divorced and have a daughter that they were parenting named Kyla. So yes, call back to the good old favorite. I love that little crossover episode. I couldn't remember if they were divorced or if they were just weirdly married with the hate love thing that they that they do. They were divorced.
Yeah, some sites said that they were still together. Some said it was divorced with them too. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I love that show. For those of you that don't know, you can watch it on Hulu. All the seasons start at the beginning. It's hysterical. Number one, the show is funny. Like, it's hysterical. And every time I watch it, even though I've seen these episodes before and I've seen them multiple times, I am cackling, okay? These episodes are hilarious. The clapback, man, that in and of itself is just, it, they're, they're gems. They, they're, that's, is, that's a national treasure. Truly, it is. Maxine Shaw and Kyle, them going back and forth all day. I love it. I know Khadija's hair was always late, okay? Always, all the time. Always repping for HBCUs all the time, right? And I just love the love between this group of friends. They are so relatable. They are so funny. And granted, we all know that, no, they probably didn't have that big old apartment in Brooklyn. It was probably a lot smaller than that because New York. But it's TV, so you got to put four people somewhere, right? Whatever, make it work. But I, I absolutely love the show. Absolutely, just like Peach said, one of my top favorite shows ever to have ever existed. And I mean, you just can't, you, you can't, you can't get enough of it. I wanted all the regime's wigs. Some of her outfits was cute. I ain't even gonna front. I definitely wanted some of them outfits. And seeing a plus size woman, quote unquote plus size, i.e. Queen Latifah, in that leading role was, that wasn't like a common thing back then. And so that was so be- beautiful to see all these beautiful brown people on TV that came on, not even a cable show. This was on like Fox, I think. Like this was like actual, you know, regular TV, so to speak, like primetime. You gotta love it. Yeah. So to wrap this up, listeners, y'all heard us. We love us some living single. And like Sunny D said, if you are unfamiliar, if you have that good old Hulu, you can watch it there or you can do like most other people and go on YouTube and, you know, look for the clips and everything. But yes, it is about friendship. It's about love. It shows you the ups and the downs. And it's just an all around good time. So yes, give it up for living single for this week's moment of melanation clap 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 snap 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 i did them backwards you know yes and thank you so much for the moments of melanation because i think all of them need their flowers while they're living we need to actually give people flowers while they're living versus when they're dead so let's make that normal and normalize that um but ladies and gents you all know that before we end any episode we end every single episode with an affirmation and today's affirmation is coming from miss peaches yes once again thank you for allowing me to be here the affirmation I want to share is one that was recently shared to me. So the affirmation goes, I don't chase, I attract. And what I desire already desires me. Let's keep that in our mind and our spirits. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love that because I am, that's mine. Like I don't attract, I don't chase, I attract. Everything I want comes to me, everything. And with that, we will say (laughs) thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead and check out the blog at whereismyblueprintpod.com. Follow us on IG, um, Twitter, TikTok, and listen to you can listen to the podcast everywhere where podcasts are streamed and with that we want to say thank you we are over and out bye peace out